Welcome to Across the Street, your one-stop shop for all things inpatient medicine at the Durham VA, from faculty and staff who know it and love it just as much as you do. My name is Mike Sicali. I'm a pulmonologist working as a hospitalist at the Durham VA Medical Center, and I'm an associate consulting professor in the General Internal Medicine Division at Duke University. The topic of this podcast is how the proper management of a hospitalized patient with a tracheostomy tube can save a life. I'd like to begin by presenting a case. Mr. Brown is a 72-year-old man who was admitted to the MICU one month ago for acute hypoxemic respiratory failure. While in the intensive care unit, he required prolonged mechanical ventilation and a tracheostomy tube was inserted. He was subsequently weaned from mechanical ventilation and was transferred to the general medicine service for continued care. Upon transfer, the patient was hemodynamically stable had satisfactory oxygenation on room air, had a number eight cuffed Portex tracheostomy tube in place, was eating an NDD3 diet, and was participating in physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy. On rounds the morning after transfer, the patient was eating breakfast so the cuff on his tracheostomy tube was inflated. When you question the patient, he points to his Passimur valve on the bedside table, directing you to place the Passimur valve on the end of the tracheostomy tube. As soon as you put the Passimur valve in place, the patient is unable to speak, and he quickly becomes dysthmic, tachypnic, and tachycardic, and a rapid response team is called. The goal of this podcast is to review the management of hospitalized patients who have a tracheostomy tube. First, let's talk about tracheostomy tubes in general. Tracheostomy tubes come fenestrated or unfenestrated, cuffed or uncuffed, and in different sizes, such as number 4, 6, 8, and 10, which closely approximates the diameter of the tracheostomy tube. Fenestrated tracheostomy tubes have an opening in the outer cannula of the tube near the right angle curve in the tube that allows for additional airflow through the nasopharynx when the inner cannula is removed. Cuffed tracheostomy tubes are used when you want to form a seal between the tracheostomy tube and lumen of the trachea, allowing for more efficient ventilation while on a mechanical ventilator and to reduce the likelihood of aspiration. In patients who are on a mechanical ventilator, the tracheostomy tube cuff is inflated all the time. 
For patients breathing spontaneously with a cuff tracheostomy tube, the cuff is usually inflated only during mealtime to reduce the risk of aspiration. Now let's talk about the differences between a fresh or new tracheostomy stoma and one that has matured. Fresh or new tracheostomy stomas are those that have been created within the past two weeks. In general, it takes about two weeks for a tracheostomy stoma tract to mature. If a fresh tracheostomy tube becomes dislodged, it may be difficult to reinsert the tracheostomy tube. If you are present or if you get called to the patient's bedside when a fresh tracheostomy tube becomes dislodged, immediately call for ENT, anesthesia, or pulmonary backup. Until help arrives, you should ensure that the patient is hemodynamically stable, that oxygen saturation is satisfactory, and that you ask someone to quickly get a replacement tracheostomy tube of the correct size if one is not already available at the bedside. All hospitalized patients with a tracheostomy tube should have a spare tracheostomy tube of the correct type and size at the bedside for emergency use if needed. Remember, when you write admission or transfer orders that you order a spare tracheostomy tube to be placed at the patient's bedside. If specialty provider assistance is delayed in arriving to a dislodged tracheostomy tube emergency, you may try to replace the tracheostomy tube, but remember that it will be much easier to reinsert the tracheostomy tube if you have the bullet-shaped obturator of the correct size inserted in the tracheostomy tube. If the tracheostomy tube was inserted by an ENT surgeon, sometimes they leave sutures on each side of the tracheostomy stoma that are attached to the trachea. If you can find these sutures and pull on them laterally, you may be able to expose the tracheostomy stoma tract and use these sutures as a guide to let you know the location of the trachea. Tracheostomy tubes that have been inserted for more than two weeks usually have a well-established stoma and are easy to replace. These tubes are usually replaced in the outpatient setting monthly by either ENT or pulmonary providers, but can be replaced by any trained and experienced provider. It is important to have the same brand, type, and size tube available before replacement is performed. Now let's talk about how patients can speak with a tracheostomy tube in place and how complications can occur if you do not understand the basics of tracheostomy tube function and airflow in and around the tracheostomy tube. Patients who have a tracheostomy tube in place can talk with the use of intermittent finger occlusion of the tracheostomy tube or a passimur valve. This technique and this device 
are a type of one-way valve, allowing air to enter the lungs on inhalation and allowing air to exit the lungs normally through the oropharynx on exhalation, allowing for speech. This exit of air from the lungs through the oropharynx resulting in speech can only occur when air passes around a tracheostomy tube, such as occurs with an uncuffed tracheostomy tube or a cuffed tracheostomy tube with the cuff deflated. This is why it is critical that before you place a passimure valve on a patient with a cuffed tracheostomy tube, that you ensure that the cuff is deflated. If you forget to take this critical step and place a passimure valve on a patient with a tracheostomy tube with the cuff inflated, the patient will be able to inhale normally but cannot exhale. The patient is unable to exhale because the Passy-Muir one-way valve prevents air from exiting through the tracheostomy tube and because the cuff is inflated, air cannot exit around the tube. Therefore, the patient is able to inhale but not exhale. This quickly leads to air trapping, dyspnea, tachypnea, tachycardia, and hypoxemia, which can result in a cardiorespiratory arrest. This is why most hospitals have policies that allow only respiratory therapists, speech therapists, ENTs, and pulmonologists to put a passimure valve in place. Now let's talk about tracheostomy tube decannulation. In general, if a patient may need to go back on a mechanical ventilator in the foreseeable future, or if the patient has secretions that can only be managed by tracheostomy tube suctioning, the tracheostomy tube should remain in place until these conditions no longer exist. If, on the other hand, the patient is not expected to need to go back on a mechanical ventilator, or if the patient has an effective cough and can handle their secretions without the need for suctioning through the tracheostomy tube, you may consider removing the tracheostomy tube. There are two different and effective methods to remove a tracheostomy tube when you determine that the time is right. One way is to cap the tube for progressively longer periods of time. If the patient has a cuffed tracheostomy tube, remember that you must deflate the cuff before putting on the cap, just like you do when you put on a Passy-Muir valve. You can start out capping a tracheostomy tube for an hour several times a day and gradually increase the time that the tube is capped. When the patient is able to tolerate capping the tracheostomy tube for at least 16 hours a day, the tracheostomy tube can be removed. A gauze pad can be taped in place over the stoma and it will close up usually within several days. The other method of removing a tracheostomy tube is by downsizing. 
you can gradually decrease the size of the tracheostomy tube until you get down to about a number four. If the patient's cardiorespiratory status remains stable after downsizing to a small tracheostomy tube, the tracheostomy tube can be removed. A gauze pad can be taped in place over the stoma and it will close up usually within several days. Finally, let's talk about the use of tracheostomy tubes in patients with obstructive sleep apnea. Remember that prior to the development of CPAP, severe and life-threatening obstructive sleep apnea was treated and sometimes cured with tracheostomy tube insertion as tracheostomy tube insertion bypasses the upper airway obstruction in the posterior oropharynx. This means that for patients with obstructive sleep apnea who have a tracheostomy tube in place, they should not need to use their CPAP machine. However, if you decide to decannulate this patient by capping the tracheostomy tube, they would need to use their CPAP machine when their tracheostomy tube is capped and when they are asleep. Now let's return to our clinical vignette. Before the rapid response team arrives, you recognize your mistake of putting a passimur valve in place without deflating the tracheostomy tube cuff. You quickly remove the passimur valve and immediately the patient's cardiorespiratory status stabilizes and symptoms and vital signs return to baseline. If you hadn't removed the passimur valve or deflated the tracheostomy tube cuff, the patient may have suffered a cardiorespiratory arrest. The things that I would like you to remember from this podcast are, one, order a spare tracheostomy tube of the correct brand, type, and size to be at the bedside for all of your hospitalized patients that have a tracheostomy tube. Two, never fool with a fresh tracheostomy. In an emergency, call for specialty backup, stabilize the patient, and then try to replace the tube if at all possible. Three, don't place a tracheostomy tube cap or a passimur valve on a patient with a tracheostomy tube. Let the respiratory therapist and speech therapist do it. My disclaimer, is that the views and opinions stated during this podcast are my own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Department of Veterans Affairs or the Durham VA Hospital.